Hey everyone, it's Pastor Jacob. Hope this message gives you encouragement, perspective, and revelation from God to give to others. Also, don't forget to follow us on our Instagram page, Fusion Student Media, and also follow me on Instagram, at Jacob underscore Malasa underscore. We hope you enjoyed the message. This message is called God's Plan. I almost called it God's original plan, but I wanted to call it uh, God's Plan. I love, I love, I loved, well, I shouldn't say this, but I, I loved Drake's song, God's Plan. I loved it. But what I loved about the music video was he was he was just freely giving away stuff. Like he was just dispersing whatever he had. He was providing things for people that had no money and, and he was and he was giving out this 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 thing of like, like, I'm gonna help you. I'm going to help you provide I'm going to provide for you. I'm going to I'm going to take this out and and he called it God's plan. And I, I don't know if Drake's Christian or I I mean I'm guessing he's not, but 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 one of the things about God's plan is that God will do stuff that you don't even ask him to do and he will do it anyways. This doesn't happen all the time, but this happens in moments where you don't feel like you don't feel like you can ask God for this like oh that's not as important. I'm not going to ask God for that. Whatever you ask God, he hears it. No matter if he answers it now or later, he wants you to know that he hears when you ask him for stuff. He hears you when you tell him things about the plan. So one of the things about God's plan, I want to talk to the two groups of people in here tonight. If you know God's plan for your life, and the second group is how do I figure out God's plan for my life? Because some of us, we don't even know what we're going to do after high school. And one of the things that I, and I give, I give credit to them, but I'm not the biggest fan of this, where, where parents are like well-meaning, like adults, they have good intentions of saying this, but like, you know, God has a plan for your life and all this stuff. And it's encouraging, but sometimes you don't feel like God's plans happening or you don't know where to start. Or maybe it's like, I, I know God's plan for my life, but I don't know what step to take. And that can happen because God's plan can seem like freaky. It could seem too much. It could seem a little bit over the top. But I want to talk to the first group of people, which you can put it on the screen, Matt, is the people who put it up. I don't have it written down. The first one. Is it on there? Nope. Before that, there's nothing there. All right. There's nothing there. So the, the, the thing, the first group of people I want to talk to is the people who, you know, God's plan for your life, but you don't know what to do next. You don't understand what step to take. And I want to show you this in, in, in Genesis 12, 1 through 4, because God's plans are not complicated. They really aren't, especially the way he tells us his plan. It's a lot more simple, simple than that. Genesis 12, verse 1 says, The Lord had said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. And all people on earth will be blessed. So Abram went, and as the Lord, oh, so Abram went, and as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. I'm not, if you're a person that likes detail, props to you, but I, I'm not the biggest fan of detail. And the reason, I'm going to tell you this, this reason. It, it stresses me out. 
It gives, it gives me too much of a to-do list to happen. And, and some of us in here are just, they, we just give so much information that it's over the top. But for me, I'm very low detailed. Like my dad does this, like, like he'll be like, Hey, we're going somewhere. I'm like, where? He's like, Oh, we're going to the gas station. What are we going to do over there? Uh, I'm a, I'm gonna go grab you a drink or whatever. Like that, like he's not giving me full detail, but my mom does this. My mom's like, we're going to go to the gas station. We're going to go put gas. We're going to get you a drink. And then we're going to head to Sam's, go grab some food, come back and I'll get you lunch. Like this whole, I don't need to know all that. I, I don't need all this information. It just, it, 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 it puts too much in my brain, but, but I'm glad that my dad doesn't do that because it would stress me out. And it would stress me to the point where I can't even function to move forward. That's what God's plans are like. Where he's all, He's not giving you the full detail, but he's giving you every single step for you to walk in it. Abram could have asked thousands of questions. When am I going to see this? Am I going to see my kids go through this? Because God was calling him to be a father of many nations. When I say father, like he said, count the stars in the sky. That's how many descendants you would have. Dude, I'd be like, okay, how many then? I don't want to count right now. Tell me how many. We ask those questions because sometimes we want the detail, but when we get the detail, we're overwhelmed by it. I realize that. I'm like, yeah, I kind of want detail. But then when I get out, I'm like, I regretted that. I regretted all that detail. But God doesn't give everything in detail. He walks you step by step. All you have to do is be obedient. That's what Abram did. Abram didn't really question why. Where am I going? How is this going to work out? Where, where, are there enemies in, in Haran? Is there enemies in this place that you're taking me? No, he said he went. He went to wherever that place was called. What was it called? Oh, yeah. So Abram went, yeah, yeah. It was called uh, for the country. Yeah, whatever. So he left, and all he had to do was be obedient. That's all he had to do. That's all he did. But we especially in this generation, want detail. But then when we get detail, we're like, whoa, that's way too much. So you have to learn the essence of obedience. When God calls you, and this is for people who know your, the, plan for, the plan that God has for you, but you don't know where to take the step, just obey. That's all you have to do. God doesn't make it over the top. You don't have to jump through hoops. All you have to do is be obedient to God. That's all you have to do. And that's one of the things that I think we struggle with because not out of an obedience of like he's forcing you or he's just commanding you or like, God, you just want me to do this and that. But he wants you, he's just trying to show you the right path. That's what obedience is, is that, God, I'm going to trust and submit to where you take me. That's obedience. And, and my dad wouldn't say a lot of information because he knew it would stress me out. And God's the same way. God never gave Abram the full blueprint. But he, but he always, he always just listened and obeyed. But God didn't give him as much detail because he wouldn't have been comfortable with it. If you would have told me at 12 years old to preach on a stage and preach to students or preach to people, I'm what, I would have never done it. I don't like the stage. I have stage anxiety. You see the sweat? That's because of that. I don't like the stage. But if God called me, and he gave it to me at the right time for me to push forward to get into the purpose, then I'm going to do it. But when we think we need all the details, that's when the issue gets worse. And that's when we get stopped and we get hindered at the road because we want answers. You can't get all the answers. 
You just have to trust. God wants you to trust him when he's telling you, go to where I called you to, and you will be a father of many nations. That's all you have to do is just listen to God and say, Lord, I'm going to go there. And here's the spoiler alert about it. Because of Abram's obedience, God later changed his name from Abram to Abraham, which means father of many. And Abraham went on to become the father of many nations. And if you read Hebrews 11, it's the Hall of Fame chapter of faith. And Abraham is in that list of faith. Faith also means trust, belief. He trusted, had faith, and obeyed God, and he saw. And he didn't get to see all of it. He didn't get to see all of the many nations. But what he did was, was he obeyed and he's like, I might not see it, but if I sow the seed, I will let God reap the harvest because that's what God's supposed to do. So when you obey and you sow seed, then you'll be able to see it happen. Maybe not, but it can happen. And that's for everyone in here who feels like you don't understand where to turn or where to walk. And I want to give another example. Uh, I didn't put it in here, but it was a scripture that, that was written down, that I wrote down when I was reading it. It was Psalm 119, verse 105. And in a nutshell, it says, God's word is a lamp to guide our feet and a light to our path. Now, now I want to put it in context. What he's talking about is not an actual, like, big old lamp that, like, shoots very far. What he's talking about is a little candle that that, that is the wax, you have the little handle, and you're holding it. What it would do is you have it right here, you have it in your hand. It would go from right here to about right here. So this far, you can see this far. That's how far you could see with the candle. And it kind of made me nervous because I'm like, that sounds like a horror film, like holding that and then like it's dark and I can't see anything. And that's why sometimes it's hard to trust God's plan because you don't know where to turn or walk to because you can't see that far ahead. But that's where trusting God comes in. That's where trusting in when he says. And that's another thing I want you to know. Learn to wait for God to show you. Wait for God to show you when to step. Because if you wait to try and step and you try to leap, then what if you fall into a cliff and then you die, like hypothetically? But if God, I think God wants to tell some of you tonight who know your plan, but you don't want to know where to step. God is saying, wait for me to give you that baby step to walk forward because the, it doesn't go that far ahead. It doesn't reach that far. You can't see beyond that distance. So if you wait for God to tell you, take that little step, take that little step in faith, take that little risk, take that little encouragement, take that, take that little, little opportunity. If you take it step by step, you will be able to develop and walk. But if you think everything has to be this running phase, run all this and that, and if you're trying to reach too far ahead, then you won't be able to move forward because you will hurt yourself in the process as you try to see from a distance, but you can only see from this far. God wants you to trust him with everything he says. Baby step, here we go. Another step, okay. You have to pay attention to when God tells you to walk. You have to pay attention to when God tells you to start moving forward. Because if you try to figure it out, some, you, something's going to happen because you can't see. But when it comes to the point where you're like, okay, God, when do I move? Okay, God, when do, when do I start walking? Okay, God, when do I? Okay. All right. Okay. Baby steps is one of God's favorite methods of walking you throughout his plan. He doesn't make you run a leap. He doesn't make you run a mile. He says, take this one step. Because he's not giving you a lot. 
because you're human, which means you won't be able to handle the full blueprint of God's plan. You would bail. Think about it. I would have bailed if God would have told me before I was ready to be a youth pastor. I would have bailed right away with all the hardship that comes with the, the, the job description that comes with the ministry description. I wouldn't do it. I'd bail. But God waited for the right time for my desire to kick in for me to actually start doing it. And now my calling is now a desire. That's when you wait. You walk and you take little baby steps. That's for everyone in here who knows God's plan, but you don't know when to walk. You take the baby steps. That's what you have to do. Now for the second group of people, I think it's in there. I think the second one should be in there. I'm guessing not. No? Oh, sick. Okay, it's on the scripture. The second one was... Now, okay, I get it, baby steps, all that, that's cool, but how do I discover God's plan for my life? How do I discover that? It can be difficult because it's like, uh, I don't know where to start. If you, but here's the first description, and I give you this disclaimer because this, this is the cost of following God. If you want to follow God's plan, you have to ditch your own plans. If you're walking in God's ways, you have to ditch your ways. Anything you're trying to push with God, you have to let go of everything else and ditch it. Because especially if it doesn't benefit the walk, if it doesn't benefit the plan, if it doesn't benefit you walking forward, then it's not going to get you anywhere. So you have to ditch. So you have to make the choice to ditch it or just go with your plan and don't follow the blessings that come around in God's plan. I'm not saying the blessings are always convenient. I'm not saying that the favor is always like, I always get what I want. But, but the blessing and the favor of God is that God is covering you in the plan that you're walking in. That's what it is. God has, I'm telling you, the protection that God has had on my life that I thought I would have died sometimes is because he's walked me through my calling and the plan he has for me. That's because I went with his plan. There were other stuff I wanted to do. There were other stuff that I had in mind. I wanted to do a ton of stuff. I wanted to play sports. I wanted to do what my dad did. I wanted to walk in those footsteps. And it was a desire. And God saw my desire. But he was like, I have a different purpose for you. And I think you're going to like it more than that. And let me be honest. I really am thankful for it. But sometimes it's going to suck to ditch the plans. But it, in retrospect, when you see it, it's like, yeah, that was a bunch of poo. I didn't really need that because once you realize it, because you don't realize it from there, it's like when you walk with God, it's like when you're, when you're at that moment where you, you, you're in that first part of your journey. And as you've walked a while and as you've walked with God for a while, you're like, man, I was an idiot. <laughs> I was kind of dumb because you realize how far you've come and how far you've gone. And it's the same thing with God's plan. Even though you might ditch your plans in the beginning, it's going to suck. But I can tell you from experience it really wasn't that important. So when you follow God's plan, it's going to suck to ditch the plan. It's going to suck. But as you walk and as you take your time, you'll see his plan working out. And you'll be like, that wasn't that big of a deal. But I want to show you the scripture, this last scripture I want to show you. And then I got three little bitty points I'm going to make real quick. Galatians 5.25 says, since we live by the spirit, let us keep in step with the spirit. Now, if you've ever run track or, or, or whatever, if you've ever run a race, you know it's important to keep the right pace. I did not mean to rhyme this. It just came naturally. But if you run a race, you have to learn to keep the right pace, like, like the right amount. One of the things that about a race that I Googled is, is you'll easily 
if you go too slow, you'll easily get behind and people will pass you. But if you go too fast, however, you might get exhausted quickly and not have the strength to even finish the race. That's why finding the right pace in a race is so challenging because you don't know how fast you have to go, how slow you got to go. But when you keep in pace and step with the Holy Spirit, when you're spending time with God, when you're reading his word, when you're, when you're pursuing his, the relationship with him, the spirit keeps you in pace. That's how you figure out God's plan for your life is when you keep in step. Okay, Holy Spirit, what are you going to tell me this week? What's going to be shown to me this week? That is the plan. That's how you figure it out is when you keep in step with the spirit. The night that I realized I was called to ministry was because I was keeping in step with the Spirit, that I was keeping in step with the Holy Spirit that night. And he revealed it to me because I was being obedient to the race that I was trying to run with him. But if you're not keeping up at the pace, you won't be able to realize because it takes God to understand God's plan. If you want to figure out God's plan, who do you go to? God. You go to the Lord about it. That's why the plan is so important when you keep in step with the Spirit. Finding the right pace while running the race is challenging. Fortunately, when it comes to the Christian life, we have someone who sets the pace for us. The Holy Spirit sets the pace. And you have to make that decision in your life where am I going, how, how can I really realize this walk is legit? How can I realize if I'm walking this walk, is it, am I going to really get to that place? How do I figure out the plan? You walk in step with the Holy Spirit. You walk in step in his, in his ways. You get in, in, in time with his presence. You spend time reading the bread, the word of God. You spend that time. As you spend that time, things are revealed a lot more. But it also takes faith when you do it. You can't just flip out the book. All right, what am I reading today? You prepare yourself. You ask God, Lord, give me the bread that I need for today to feed me on the inside. And when you pray, you ask God, Lord, what do you want to speak to me today? That is how you keep in step with the spirit. And that's how you figure out God's plan for your life. But, you know, in theory, it's kind of cool. But, but how do you actually stay in step with the spirit? I want to give you those three things. The first thing is, is that see God through his word. For us who don't like reading, it's just difficult. Like, I don't like reading. Sometimes I use the audio book. But, but, but that is a good thing to do is to use an audio book or something that you can feed yourself every day. I've had times where, like, I'm reading through a Bible plan right now. And, and I'm reading somewhere in Genesis. It was just like a bunch of stuff that I was like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to bypass today. But what reading the word of God did was it gave me a better response. It gave me a better attitude. It gave me a better perspective for that day because it's me coming out changed. That's what, that's what God's for. He brings you out changed. So when you meet with God, it changes you. So when you read his word, when you get time with him, spending the day in the bread, which is the word of God, now, now you're keeping in step. So read his word. Make a habit for it. Make a habit to read his word this week. Number two is pray regularly. These are simple stuff, easy stuff. But, but one of the things is about prayer. Prayer should not be intimidating. Because we think, we think prayer is like this, this over-the-top, like, like something's going to happen. But one of the things about, about prayer is that it's simply talking with God and listening to him. That's all it is. It takes the strength to actually pray that and actually walk through it. And, and, and this is another thing. If you get easily distracted, 
especially with, with the devices we have, and you're trying to pray. I'm telling you right now, I don't know if this has happened to you. Every time I pray, my phone just goes off. When I pray, notifications start happening. When I pray, like all this stuff is on my phone and on my feet, I'm like, really? Now, out of all times, my phone barely, I have a few text messages, maybe someone from church, my mom, whatever. Like it'll just go off every once in a while. But then all of a sudden my phone starts blowing up when I'm seeking God. That's something that you have to realize is that the enemy doesn't want you to pray. The enemy doesn't want you to read the word. He doesn't want you to do any of that because he, he knows that it makes you dangerous in the kingdom of heaven. So what you have to do is you have to discipline, turn it on mute, do not disturb. I know I sound like a parent. And then put it to the side and say, okay, God, you have my attention. You have my attention. Because that is what stops you from receiving and experiencing God's presence is distractions. Distractions is the enemy's like biggest tactic when it comes to us actually pursuing God. It's one of the biggest distractions. He will use a situation. He will use, he will use something that you think about. He will use anything in his power to stop you from pursuing Jesus because he knows once you start that, you might not be able to stop pursuing Jesus and you won't be able to be contained by it. He's afraid of you. But it's not until you start. It's not until you start praying. It's not until you start reading. It's not until you start feeding yourself with these things. That's when it starts. That's when it starts. So prayer is not a bad thing. It's not intimidating. But it's just talking with God, involving God. Lord, I need you with me this week. Lord, Lord, there's this situation. And be honest with God. Don't pray stuff you think you need to pray about. Pray stuff that you're dealing with. Pray for stuff that, that, that you're seeking God for. Can you pray God about good grades? Yeah. Can you pray God about a situation in your life that you don't want to be in? Yeah. Anything God, you want to ask God about, you have the availability, especially if you're a child of God. So pray to him this week. Give him your time and attention this week. And he's willing to listen. The third and final thing is, is that stay in a community. What I mean by this is obviously, it's obviously youth life. Like stay, this is, this is what we do, baby. This is what we do. But, but one of the things that, that stops you, and I'm not just talking, cause, cause, I, cause here's the, here's the deal. You need to be with, with Christ-like people. I'm not talking about people who just slap a scripture verse and then do other stuff. I'm not talking about those people. I'm talking about people who genuinely want to challenge you, no matter how it looks or feels, because they give, a junk enough about you to see you grow and to see you develop. Those other people that make you feel comfortable and make you feel good and gooey on the inside, yeah, those people are going to turn away for in a, in a while. But the thing you have to realize is that the real people that are going to be in your life is the people that aren't going to leave and the people that are going to challenge you even when it's not even pretty. Those awkward conversations like, man, you did something this week and you're like telling me again. But... But the thing you have to do is accept, and I taught my interns this, correction is an investment. Correction is, like, if I correct them, it's me putting a piggy bank in their development. Correction is something that you can take and use it for. Oh, I was a little loud this week. Yeah, I can probably turn it down a bit. Or, or I, I said this, I didn't really mean it this way. Oh, I'll be careful next time. That's good. 
It's investing and you growing and you developing in your place. That's why you got to stay in a community. That's why you got, and that's another thing I wanted to announce in the beginning, but I wanted to announce it in this part is we're in the summer. I want to start doing summer life groups. So now that we're making a team, I want to start doing life groups in the summer. Get connected with one. Get in a place where you're not just with people that are just surface level, but you're with people that are willing to go deep with you, to go into a place where you're developing, in a place where you're, you're growing in your walk. Don't be with people that are just going to keep you in one place and keep you complacent. That's dangerous. But if you go to, a, to the people who are willing to disciple you legitimately, not just, not just make it feel okay, but like tell you, hey, let's keep moving forward, None of that stuff is ridiculous. Let's keep moving forward. That's the people you have to be with. That's the type of Christ-like people you have to be with, is the people who are willing to walk with you and not just shashai you when you're, when you're in that place. It's people that are going to pull you towards Christ, not keep you in a place where he's on the other side and you're here. So get in touch with the life group for the summer once we start doing it. We're start, I'm trying to start after the conference, but if, if it takes a little bit longer, I'm fine with that. But I want, I want you to get connected. Because staying in a community with people, the Bible says bad company corrupts good morals. What does that mean? Company, that means presence. That means like someone's around you. What does bad mean? Uh, evil, maybe. Toxic, yeah. Messed up, yeah. That type of company is going to ruin you. But, but a good company will uplift the good moral. It will take to not just a good moral, but a great moral. That's the people you have to be with. So stay in a community that are people that are going to pray for you, people that are going to walk with you, people that are going to encourage you, but people that are going to challenge you and bring you to a place where, where you're not better than people, but you're getting out of places you don't want to be in anymore. Stay in a community. That's how you keep in step with the Spirit. That's how you keep in step in God's plan for your life is being around people that are spiritually there, not just people that just be like, oh, God's good, and then go do some crazy stuff. But people who are willing to pray with you, not just, oh, I'll pray for you later. People that are going to pray with you. Stay in a community this week. I want every head bowed and every eye closed. And, and this is not here. Okay. But I want every head bowed and every eye closed. God's plan, like I said, is not, is not difficult. It's not over the top, but it is, it could be intimidating if you don't understand it. I want to talk to the two groups of people who are dealing with, first group is, I know God's plan for my life. I know what he's called me to do, but I don't know what step to take. I don't know where to walk. I don't know where to land at. If that's you, if you're that person that's like, I know the plan, but it's hard for me to see the next step is, I want you to lift your hand. I see those hands. Thank you, Lord. See the hands. Now for the second group of people, you're like, Jacob, I don't know where to start. I really don't know where to start. I'm having a lot of trouble with that. I want to, but it's just it's just not there. I don't get it. If that's you, if you want to figure out God's plan for your life, I want you to lift your hand right now. You want to figure out God's plan for your life. Thank you, Lord. I see those hands. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, for, for the two groups of people that have lifted their hands, Father, they acknowledge, Lord, I don't know what step to take. And Father, I don't know what plan you have, Lord. I'm lost. I feel like I can't, like th- there's no connection. And I want to I wanna be in your plan, but I don't know where to start. So Lord, show them. 
I pray that this message encourages them to keep in step with your spirit, to, to, to see that even though it feels, it feels like I'm not walking anywhere, Lord, let them understand the baby steps you're taking them through. And Father, that you're always, always present with your plan. That even though you give the plan, Lord, you're with us within the plan. You're with us in the walk. You're with us in that place. So I pray for the people in here who acknowledge, Lord, I need the next step. And Lord, I need to know your plan. I need to know your plan. Father, I pray for the rest of this, for the rest of these students. Father, I pray, Lord, that you empower them to understand that you do have a plan for their life, not just as a cliche, not just like, oh, you got a plan for your life. God, you are calling them to something greater. They might not see it yet. They might not comprehend it yet. But Lord, you are bringing them to a deeper place that is calling them to something greater than themselves, something greater than their desires, something greater than their preferences. Father, it's something far deeper and greater that you're calling them to. Father, we ask for this. And we, as a, as a people, come in agreement, Father, that we are you are calling us to that place. And that you're revealing your plans to us in every way that you can, Father. Lord, we love you, and we praise you, and we honor you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.